The Life and Stories of Callum Knightworthy, Archival Assistant at the Magnus Institute, London. Begin recording. Well, another day at the Magnus Institute. It's on fucking fire. Figures. Oh shit, hey, are you good? Mate, can you breathe? Binder. Fuck, are you binding? Shit, shit, shit. Uh, Nando's. Has anyone got fucking scissors? A lot of street dying over here. Has anyone got fucking scissors? A lad is straight dying over here. Mate, are you fucking mad? Throws me a pair of fucking scissors while I'm dragging a half-dead bloke into the bathroom. Good plan, fucking plank. An interest of saving a life if you're ranking my apologies, but this man is inches from God's dick and I have work to do. Oh, that cleared him out. What the fuck? Oh, shut up and sit on the urinal. No! Toilets then? Lad, if you don't free the tits, you're gonna fucking die, alright? Mate, do you like need Amy? Holy shit, your lights. You ever eaten at Nando's? That'll fix it. I'm terribly sorry for the interruption, everyone. Continue your lunches. Good day. Damn it. The only other trans person in the fucking archive and they fucking carped it. Hey, can one of you shooted fucks call the NHS? I need a fucking boo-boo bus. What? 999, you fucking tourist. Call an ambulance! Jesus Christ! some people. Oh, quiet you. Shit, wait a minute. Hold on, no, no, no. He, He's fine, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. Mate, if you thought you could Prince Charles your way to this one, you were sadly mistaken. <laughs> Thank you, Aster. Seriously, thank you. 
Statement of Andrea Worthington regarding the death of her friend Tom Collins. Original statement given August 7th, 1999. Thank you so much for letting me tell my story. Everyone else didn't believe me or even listen to me. They just thought I got mad. So thank you for this. It's the least I can do for Tom. You know, tell him. I mean, our story. Where do I even begin? The diagnosis? The money troubles? Or any one of the incredibly stupid decisions that led to my best friend's death? I'll save you a couple hours of your time and just give you a short description of why we did what we did. Well, what I did. A couple of months ago, my father was diagnosed with stage 2 brain cancer. My family was anything but rich. A family of four living in a house for two. Crazy, I know. <laughs> my job was able to pay for his treatment. For a while, actually. Till my boss decided I wasn't fit for the job and let me go. Not long after, we found ourselves with no way to pay for my father's treatment. One day, driving back from my visit with them in the hospital, I took a wrong turn and ended up in an area of town I didn't even know existed. There was this old, run-down building that looked like a museum of some sorts. Forgotten. In fact, the whole area seemed like its residents just one day got up and left. It all just felt so weird. Regardless, the old museum looked like the artsy kind, and I thought there might be a priceless painting or two I could borrow to pay for my father's treatment. After all, nobody was using it. I decided to call my best friend, Tom Collins, to accompany me in case things went south. I simply told him that we were going to be doing some urban exploration. And being the adventurous person he was, he agreed. God, I wish he had said no. I wish I hadn't even asked him. I wish I never found that damn museum. If I had stopped at any point during all of this, Tom would still be alive. It's all my fault. At around 11pm, we um, met up at his flat and drove down to the museum. I remember asking Tommy if he'd ever seen that part of town, to which he told me he hadn't, like, seen it ever. Even though it was, like, a five-minute drive from his flat, which frankly struck me as quite odd. We had with us about one or two flashlights, I can't really remember, with spare batteries just in case, and that was about it. Tom had suggested we bring a knife of some sort in case we encountered wild animals. I told him it wasn't necessary and that I'd already looked around the area beforehand and that it wouldn't be needed. That was obviously a lie. Thank God. Thank God I... I shudder to think about what would have happened if we had brought a knife. Once we arrived, we had to look for a way in because the front door's lock had rusted off. We eventually found a broken window to crawl through, and we found ourselves in the main hall of the museum. I do remember the inside seeming a lot more intact than the building's exterior. In the centre of the main hall was a statue with a plaque on its base that read, in memory of, with the name of whoever it was dedicated to being scratched off, seemingly by hand. We soon made our way to the main gallery, to which, to our surprise, still had arts. Not wanting Tom to know why we were really here, I suggested he go explore one of the smaller rooms attached to the main gallery, and that I wanted to look at some of the art in the main hall. I should have told him the truth. He would have understood. God, I wish I'd done that. But that's all in the past, isn't it? He's dead because of me, and there's nothing I can do to change that. Sorry, oh, I lost my train of thought there. Right. 
he went off to explore one of the other areas of the gallery while I looked to find a painting that I could um, liberate. I found a painting that looked pretty valuable. I believe it was The Landscape with the Fall of Icarus by Peter Bruegel. <laughs> pretty ironic, isn't it? I was just about to remove the painting from its sealed container when I heard this awful scream. It was Tom. I ran in his general direction and eventually found him. He was on the ground. He dug his finger into his wrist. In front of him was this blank canvas, seemed to be covered, or was covered, by some sort of tarp. I remember wanting to rush to his side and help him, but I just couldn't move. I didn't even be- I wasn't even able to talk. It was just- I don't know if it was pure shock, or that I'd gone catatonic, or- I don't know. Maybe something supernatural. I know it sounds dumb, but that's what you guys do, right? Deal with the paranormal and supernatural? Regardless of that, I just stood there in the doorway of the room while my best friend pushed his thumb deeper and deeper into his wrist, unable to move or do anything to stop him. He was practically clawing at his arteries, and eventually he succeeded. All at once, blood started to flow from his wrist at an alarming rate. He dipped his finger into the pool of blood at his knees and started painting. He started painting with his own blood. He never once screamed or cried or said anything. He had to have been in pain. He, he, he slit his wrist for God's sake with his fucking thumb. Aside from the grunts and other sounds he made, he was silent. <sighs> Sorry, I need a minute. He, he just painted seemingly unaware that blood was gushing out of his wrist. He had clawed at his flesh with his nails until it was bleeding and he didn't care. He was entirely focused on the painting. He was painting on this canvas with his blood. I'm sorry, I, I don't know what he was painting. It, I think it was a painting of a sun setting on a small village with hills in the background. If you ignored the man painting with his blood, it was really beautiful. After about 20 minutes or so, the bleeding from his wrist started to slow, and the painting looked like it was about to be finished. It didn't feel like 20 minutes. It felt like hours of watching helplessly when my friend sat in a pool of his blood, simply painting. He then made one final stroke near the bottom. It looked like a signature. All of a sudden, the bleeding stopped altogether and Tom slumped over in the puddle of blood that now took up a majority of the small room we were in. Dead. As soon as he had finished the painting, I was able to move again. I took one last look at the finished painting and at Tom. I had noticed the painting had already started to fade, and it was barely visible now. I just ran. I kept running. I didn't stop until I was far away from that infernal museum. Called 999. Gave the police officer directions to the museum, and when they arrived, where the museum should be, it was just an empty field. I was let off with a warning for prank calling 999. Of course, they didn't believe me. Why would they? Who would believe some random girl in their mid-twenties anyways? Tom is dead because of me. Because of so many stupid decisions I made all in an effort to save my dad. He died last week in case you were wondering. I'm here to give myself closure and to, in some pathetic way, make it up to Tom. To have him remembered.
It's what he deserved. I am so sorry, Tom. It should have been me. Statement ends. It's like if you have a little crush on Callum Nightworthy. I don't, I don't, I don't have a crush on him. He's, he's just a friend. Yeah, a friend. Guess that's all we are. You can say all you like, but I saw your face when I mentioned him. He turned bright red. <laughs> it's cute, Arthur. It's adorable. Oh, don't give me that look. I saw how you looked at him. Doing these big doe eyes. You don't look at anyone like that. Not even your cat. Fuck, it's still recording. Oh, don't turn it off. Let the world... Today's episode featured Xavier Winchester as Callum, Jen Crano as Asta. Today's episode was written by Xavier Winchester and Jen Crano. Callum Nightwear, the recording is produced and directed by Xavier Winchester. Callum Nightworthy recording is licensed under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike 4.0 international license. Callum Nightworthy recording is a fan-made podcast based on the Magnus Archives by Rusty Quill. All opinions, ideas, and stories shared are that of my own and should not reflect the opinions of Rusty Quill LTD or their associates. This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons share-alike non-commercial license we're running low on statement ideas so pop over to gmail or wherever you email from and send us a statement calumnightworthy at gmail.com we're always welcoming new scares thank you for listening and face your fears goodbye <laughs>